0: Hello, this is episode 272 of the Purple Psychology Podcast. I'm Nisha Riley. This episode is on what my writing does, but it's a little bit about why I set up my Patreon again as the months have gone on. I don't know why Sundays have to be grass-cutting day, so I'm not sure if my neighbour's gonna start off again in the background, fingers crossed. I started writing in April 2018, And I wrote my first articles for an online parenting magazine before that in October 2017. And it went from there. And I had this vision for my writing to take me out of my work. And I have. I don't want to leave methods behind or a legacy of work to follow. I want to leave whole humans in their own brilliance. And I'll put a link into the description of a public post on my Patreon which it was really good for me to go back and read. It's the first people who read the first writing and the impact that that had on them. And there's a couple of interesting things that I've noticed with all of the books now that it takes exactly eight months for them to have a huge impact point from when you start reading. And it doesn't matter which book it is or what sort of stage of the journey it's on, which I'm going to talk a bit about because I realised that that journey has changed. And I've had a couple of interesting experiences since I set up my Patreon, not just in working with the sort of fee-free clients every month and that that's allowed me access to, but the experiences of people just having access to the open source material in terms of the podcast and the writing itself. And I was reminded the other day by my mother, where she said, you told me that this would be a worse year. How did you know? And it's, it's funny, really. I spent... All of last year, writing what's been dubbed as Living in the Labyrinth. It was the open essays and awareness. And I'm finding that people are only able to like those pieces now a year on, as I share them again. I'm really glad I wrote them at the time, because it was the headspace, and it's allowed me to chart the journey and chart the challenges that I thought I would see on the other side of this. And in fact, I have notes for quite a heavy podcast to do with the maternity ward. But I decided that we did a really heavy podcast last Sunday, so I'd do something a bit lighter today. But there's a big shift in a year in a lot of what I spoke about, people now being prepared to start accessing that. And that often happens for me. In the last two years, my writing now sounds like it does in my own head, which means I now struggle to read my own words, and I've had to set up my computer to work on inverted black background, white text on black background, and with a special dyslexic font, which again I'll put into the description. I use um, an open source font called Open Dyslexia. But initially when I started writing, I didn't need to put those kind of mechanisms into place in order to be able to read my own work. So it's as if I now write beyond my own literacy level, which is quite an achievement as I start to think about it. But it also means that some of my readers have only journeyed on certain books. And the initial books that I wrote, there was a lot of people who read those books who never read a book. And a lot of them had left school by the age of 15. And they were still accessible to them. And some people have continued on the journey and been able to continue with my writing as they've sort of grown into it and others haven't and I still sort of write special pieces for them almost. But that's only part of the reason why I can't go back and rewrite books from this place, why I can't change them. It's because I'm never the same person. I write from where I am and the readers who've journeyed with me have kept growing as well. But there's a sense that there isn't a cap on me growing either because it's as if I document snapshots of time and space that people are in and I can keep growing beyond that and that work is still there to be accessed by people whatever level they wish to access it on. Like I was very conscious of where I was writing from when I wrote the teen book in particular. It's not a book about them. And it doesn't mean that you talk down to them. It means you write for where they are and how adults treat them, which I think was a hugely significant thing to do. And it meant that the adults could read the book and see the headspace of teenagers, and they could also see a lot of their own projected behavior onto them, but also the teens felt seen, which I think is the the fundamental essence of all of my work, for people to feel seen. So I'm constantly growing, I, I've grown hugely since I wrote those first books. And so if I went back to try and rewrite them now, I would write, try to be trying to write them for where I am now in my life and how I see the world, rather than where I was in April 2018. And that has been a huge journey for me. It's a huge journey for me week by week in how I grow. And I think that that's been always one of my biggest challenges with education, the fact that there isn't any space to grow. But it's a way of leaving documented material and snapshots of time and snapshots of development present for other people to dip into when they're in that place. If I'm honest, I think the conversations from the core series are what is most accessible to humanity right now. And I think some of the work I've been doing recently in terms of the scales of literacy, I think we have a way to go for people to really delve into that and to be able to really start to think about it. But that doesn't mean that I think it was the wrong thing to write. I think it was very important for me to write it at the time I wrote it and have a sense of where this is going to unfold next. I think if we thought that the presidential election was challenging in America last year, we're going to see a whole new spin-up in three years' time. And I think that that writing will become far more relevant then. And in the meantime, I have the space to keep growing and to keep writing what I'm now writing, which, you know, other things will happen in humanity. And there's an irony at the moment that I am writing a book on women and the feminine values, and the world is becoming incredibly aware of that because of what is unfolding in Afghanistan. So again, it's a very good time to write it, but it may not be the time for people to really immerse themselves in it. I've learned since the beginning that the easy target is to project at me, and my literacy, my dyslexia, my way of thinking and seeing the world. I've learned this the hard way in the first two years of the writing journey. It's much easier to focus on this rather than what the books try to make you do. They make you go in spirals in your own head. So much so that I've put in deliberate moments of pause to stop you going into an actual vortex. They make you take everything apart and look at it differently. First you see me, then there's a gap to seeing me and the viewpoint that I write from for you to insert yourself into it. And then you look at your own life in a new way and you can't unsee humanity around you as well. That's a really big point that all of the readers have said to me. They suddenly notice all the details around them in the everyday. You can't not stand in someone else's point of view. You end up with my life. That's what, that's what we joke about myself and my tribe. But yes, you can do what every person who doesn't want to look at their own soul does and tell me I need to write differently and that they feel that they are going in loops. What if everything I did was deliberate? What if I wanted you in a loop? the labyrinth that you've been living in your whole life in denial, till you aren't anymore. And if you want to step out of the loop, you can start with my first book on my Patreon, Conversations from the Core. The first part, which is called Journey to Unconditional Love. And you don't really know what unconditional love is. You really don't. Hardly anyone has ever actually lived it. And that's another really big theme of a conversation that I have with my tribe. They suddenly see what unconditional love really is, and how much of the Hollywood bill that we have in humanity is not true.